Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of The Coolest Kids. I'm your host, one of your hosts, Terrence Wiggins. <laughs> I'm the other one, with, Brock. <laughs> with me is he just said his name because I messed up this intro. We're not recording it again. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Um, I like I like you didn't go fuck it, let's do it live. It's fuck, do it live. It's, it's a more economical version of the quote. It's, uh, yeah, um... So the last episode we recorded, uh, <laughs> we talked about uh, email game, and so Brock was like, "We're gonna do that. We're, we'll do it for an episode." And uh, that's it's a bad time. <laughs> it's uh, email game came out in two thousand two, the first one. Yeah, I think uh, two thousand two, and uh, there was a sequel in two thousand four. Um, or 2003, and then there was supposed to be another. There was supposed to be a third one. There's like an and, alkaline trio only one, which I wound up finding as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the last one was an anti-Bush game, that came out in 2004. Um, but uh, it's about <sighs> it's about the get. The first one is about the get up kids being kidnapped. And being uh, sexually assaulted, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that uh, that term. We're gonna use that, that a lot term. today, weirdly. Uh, yes, uh, being sexually assaulted by Steven Tyler of all people, um, which well, I don't like. Which was one thing I was just like, I don't like. I guess Aerosmith was still around, like doing stuff in 2002. They still had that what uh, jaded uh, Arm- uh, Armageddon soundtrack. <laughs> when did Armageddon come out? Was it 98? Around the time of this sexual assault, I believe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a weird punchline today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, Aerosmith was still around at the time, so I guess they were burning up the charts. Um, <laughs> and so you play as uh, Tim Casher from Cursive, uh, Cedric Bigslava from uh, At the Drive In. Um, Connor Oberst, uh, Chris Caraba, who am I forgetting? It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It really play. doesn't now. <laughs> it, um, let's see, it'll, it'll bring it up. You, you play as, yeah, Chris Caraba, uh, uh, Adam from Adam and His Package, uh, which is, Oberst. which is a band that I forget that exists until I play this game. <laughs> I never listened to them. I have no idea what they sound like. I've never heard one of their songs before. It's it's like he, he's he's in another band, but this is his side project where he plays with like a drum machine and stuff. Oh, and, okay. it, and it's one of those things that I just never got like what the humor was supposed to be, or if it was supposed to be a funny band. Like it just mm-hmm. it, it, it also just never landed for me in any way. So this is seeing him amongst everyone else in this lineup is just a reminder. Like oh, you That's, existed. <laughs> yeah, that was one of those things when I saw. Um, when I saw like Adamant's package, I was like, "Was Adamant's package like one of the emo bands that?" <laughs> like I, I, I never thought of them. Like no, and nobody ever, like, I don't remember people bringing up Adamant's package with the rest of these bands. Um, anyway, Chris Simpson from Mineral, Tim Cash from Cursive, Cedric Bixler. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I was wondering who Bixlava was, but I, uh, I was down for I, it. 
getting a bunch of stuff mixed up at once. Uh, Cedric Bixler from At The Drive-In and Chuck Reagan from Hot Water Music. Um, and they go to save the Get Up Kids from uh, uh, whatever his name is, Steven Tyler. Yeah. Which, um, it, it's, it, it, it carries on a proud tradition of Steven Tyler being in a lot of video games. Yeah, uh, uh, Revolution X, <laughs> the, uh, Guitar Hero Aerosmith. <laughs> um, was it Guitar Hero Aerosmith or Guitar Hero Van Halen that they just gave away for free that year because they released too many? Oh, it was, it was Van Halen. Van Halen just came with, say, I think, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I think, I, think, I think Guitar Hero Aerosmith was like one of the first ones because they also did like Guitar Hero uh, Green Day and Metallica and... Plastic instruments. Um, the, I played this. I remember playing this game uh, when it first came out, and I don't remember it being this bad. Like <laughs> one, the game is basically unplayable. It like, kind the, of the way is. it controls. <laughs> the way it controls is like you're sliding around everywhere. And it's it's a very floaty flash animation thing, right? Yeah. This is definitely flash. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, which I'm surprised is still up and working. Um, but uh, the game, like the game, is so like 2002. Like there's so many just like jokes about it's, underage girls. It's it's and, underage girls. It's TRL, which is um, a main location in the game. It's it's just uh, it's it, Britney. It's it's it it is it is Britney Spears humor. And I remember being this kid that that used that as a personality for a time period in middle school is just like, yeah, fuck Britney Spears. And that's where all of this starts. Uh, yeah. Like y- your, your sense of humor is just like anything that's corporate is bullshit. But like one thing I know is that like, I, and I wonder how much of like my generation's inherent sexism comes from that place of like, you know, kids, my dad's age didn't grow up like hating Nancy Sinatra. Right. As something, but we were grow like everything had to be like fuck Britney Spears and 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 and, and any female solo pop artist. Like right. and even when and the worst of it was when Avril tried to live in both worlds. Uh right. like it's and and oh she's in this too. Like it's just it's and everything is met with just donkey rape jokes and Yeah. And the the TRL Durst. setting is is so specific cuz uh I I've ne- I've since, uh, as an adult, befriended a number of uh, TRL VJs from back in the day, including a, including did. Dave Holmes, who I did not know until I had him on my podcast. Had uh, weird intersection between me, you, and Dave Holmes. I used to run a blog years ago called "Smile Like You're Dead Inside," <laughs> and uh, and a guy that I met through there, Kevin McShane, knew Dave Holmes, so Dave Holmes ended up on the blog. It's a whole. It was a whole thing. This is God, like seven years ago. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, just wanted to bring that up. I'd always loved him, um, and of course, I loved him because I hated Jesse, the guy that won the VJ thing that hated year. Jesse, who's fun to check in with every once in a while now. Uh, he's I feel a real. Like disaster. I talked about him on my other podcast like not too long ago. He he took over somebody's uh, community TV show in New York City. Oh. Like, the producers stole it from the guy who started it and gave it to Jesse, and they didn't tell the guy running the show who'd been running it for, like, six years. So he had a uh-huh. very public breakdown and flew out to L.A. and, like, had a DUI car crash in my neighborhood. 
Okay. Yeah, so it was like a funny story, and then it became not a funny story. And I think it comes back to becoming a funny story later, but I don't remember that part. Right. Uh, but like Holmes and a couple of other people, I've always brought up this thing too, which I remember as maybe the point. Uh, I had just, I, I think I was a freshman in high school. I was just starting to make my first web page, which of course was a Radiohead fan page. Uh, mm. And uh, I found the Radiohead online community. It was the first sort of online community I was taking part in. And one day they had this thing that they're like, what we're going to do is that now on the TRL website, you can sign in each day to vote for who wins. And there's a write in section. So one day we're all going to get together, all the Radiohead fans all over the world, and we're going to vote to get Radiohead's uh, just music video played on there, uh, mm -hmm. which I don't I, Have you seen that one? I don't. I Maybe. Uh, it's one where a bunch of people lay on the ground. Uh, it's it's got Probably. subtitles under the whole thing, and it's very Douglas Adamsy. Like it's just uh -huh. people keep laying down on the ground for no apparent reason, and whenever people come up and start giving them shit about it, they wind up lying on the ground too. And like the last shot of it is just everyone in the world lying on the ground. Uh, it's, I mean, that sounds like a good time. It's it's a it's a pretty funny video. Like the a lot of the like dialogue that's written under. I was like, I wish more music videos did this, where there's just like a whole story that somebody wrote, and it's so British. Uh, but they're like, we're gonna get that video on. And so every Radiohead fan in the world spent a month marking the calendar for this day and then voting for TRL. And I, I, I know that Dave was on TRL at that time, and I've always asked him, like, hey, did you guys see those numbers? Uh, and then just decide, like, we weren't going to do that or something. He's like, I never even heard about that day. And the fact that, like, that never broke through anyone's level on anything. Like, <laughs> I've asked people that worked, like, the website for for trl that time they're like no that didn't even come up on our spreadsheets so i was like oh yeah you know what i you what were what were we thinking like what a stupid thing but now like i, I think about that a lot when somebody like at fart makes a makes a rapper go to alaska to perform at walmart because we were Bodie mcboatface or something i was like oh we, right. we had the right idea but it was just before everyone was in the same place it was before twitter before twitter yeah so so, yeah, um, there's the, the sort of, like, I remember being mad about Carson Daly, and what was I mad about? The guy painted his fingernails black? Who gives a shit? <laughs> why, do, why did we then need to rape him in this video game? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, I, and I remember, the one thing I do remember that I, that I did come across again was that Jimmy Eat World was like a villain because they sold out. <laughs> and uh, Which is insane. Even when, even when I was... <laughs> Even when I was younger, I was just like, "What is selling out? Like they made money? Like you want it? You don't want the band that you like to make money? Like uh, I heard, uh, I heard a Dodo song in a beer commercial one time. <laughs> I was like, good for the Dodos. I was like, they're a good band and they deserve money. Like somebody should buy the beer because of this song they're in this commercial. Good. They're using like, I just uh, never the unicorns in a car ad last year, and I did kind of lose my mind on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of weird. That's, it's just weird. It's It, it would just yeah. be like, I mean, it, it's no different than Death From Above being the, the, the theme song for Human Giant. Yeah, human Giant, but, yeah. <laughs> but still, come on. <laughs> uh, speaking of Human Giant, your wife said uh, Human Giant to me describing you oh, yeah. last night, and I, I wanted to make some sort of joke about the show, but I couldn't think of anything in time because it was also like eleven o'clock at night. Corn maze. <laughs> that's what I was. That's my favorite <laughs> sketch. I, uh, I or or I, I mean, it, it would be hard to describe the the foley uh, celery breaking scene, but otherwise, it's or the or Linda Cardellini uh, lifting a cart of Paul Shear. <laughs> um, I have uh, to adopt him first, <laughs> right? Or uh, Kristen Shaw eating Doritos. It's a whole thing. 
if you haven't seen Human Giant, is that available anywhere? I know they released like the first season on DVD, but yeah, I've got the DVD. That's what I had. I don't have. I had a second season, but I don't think they ever released it. Anyway, it's a good show. Watch it if you find it. Yeah, pirate it. I don't know. Um. Anyway, I just played emo game like the other day, and I don't remember like after that TRL scene. I couldn't tell you what happened. Like they go to. It, yeah, it's. I mean, the whole thing just sort of runs together, and it is this. This hot topic version of rebellion, but like, and and even the the Jimmy World thing, like Jimmy World. I know that they had like this was right after. Uh, Bleed American had come out and then became self-titled because of 9-11. Uh, right. But, like, the story of Jimmy Eat World is that every time Jimmy Eat World makes an album, they're then dropped from their record label immediately, and then they go out and they pay to make their next album, and then they get picked up, usually by the same record label again, because that's how <laughs> everyone under, like, the giant biggest uh, pop bands in the world operate. And so to, I, knew, I knew just that much about them going into this and being like, right. what's the sellout aspect of this? The, the, the fact that they keep coming back to that goddamn well of the music industry. Right. Somebody I worked with in college uh, who had worked at uh, a major uh, label who had Jimmy World on it was like, yeah, we also had J-Lo and we had something like uh, uh, $850 million of uh, PR, of marketing set aside for the new J-Lo album. And we had mm-hmm. $5 million for the new uh, Jimmy World. And we dropped them because that extra $5 million on the $850 million would mm. show a bigger return, even just throwing it onto that already gigantic pile of money than trying to break another album from somebody that people don't already all know who they are. And I was like, oh, Jeez. that's the, the return on investment actually gets bigger with the more money, which is was one of those things that broke my mind about the music industry. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, uh, yeah, remember... you, you would think that a second product that somebody would have to buy would be worth $5 million, which, what is that, a radio ad? Uh, right. A, a, a subway ad? Like, no. Right. <laughs> Uh, I remember when I when I used to be a radio intern. Uh, speaking of the music in- industry, uh, we would get like the the printout of like what songs you needed to play, like how many times a day, and it was always like, like I remember Evanescence being up at the top, like close to the top, and just like it, it was a it was an alternative rock station. I'm sure, put that in quotes. <laughs> um, we, yeah, there's very few that are actually that. The number of times I love hearing like a. The, your, your number one stop for new alternative rock and then it hits like a Led Zeppelin song right after the break and you're like, right. what there was, do you think that is? <laughs> there's a, one of the, the local NPR station um, they have a show called Out of the Box, hosted by Paul Chagru and uh, <laughs> the uh, the headline, or like the, the tagline for it is uh, the best in, block, in, in new rock blues in Americana and as soon as he said that, he was like, and here's Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I was just like, I thought you were going to play something new, not like a not like a new album by an old band. And like it just immediately kind of set me off. I was just like, I'm, I'm tuning into NPR so I can hear something that I don't hear on other radio stations. Here, and here's what it is, though. Uh, being under a bridge, that's Americana, my friend. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting uh, to see when I break you and this show ends. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, and, like, they would play, they would also have, like, uh, Death Cab for Cutie up at up at the top, but this was, like, not Death Cab I wanted to hear. This was, like, Plans Death Cab, not, uh, <laughs> not, uh, whatever that one album is with the sound of settling and can't remember the name of it right now. 
<laughs> um, it doesn't matter. This game is bad. Um, it, it is, but it, and it, but it also so clearly reflects like who I was at a time, and that's right. so much of this show. And and what it is that's maybe worse is that I, I mentioned it to you when we were both playing it. Like how many of these bands I still think of in these terms as these characters that they're portrayed as? Because I just <laughs> I I'm, mineral. I've never listened to mineral. I don't know. No. So yeah, like no. that's the right up there with the with uh, with Adam and his package, just like. I don't know. You could play it for me. I I would not know what that sounds like. Is this war? Right. Is this? Uh, there were some things I did like. Like I did like Jeremy Enoch as like this sort of uh, just like floating on a cloud, uh, god of his own realm. And and that's why uh, I wanted that guy. to be the cutoff for the start of this show. Like, it's... <laughs> I thought that part was funny, but then it just kind of gets laid down in the rest of like the really terrible offensive jokes that are just every second of this thing did you play any um, of two or did you I've burn got, that one <laughs> i started playing two uh well i started playing the alkaline trio one i got to the kelly osborne fight and just shut it down i was just like that, i finished it and I that was, was like, me I too that was me too i was like, I was I like wanna, what are we I doing i don't want to do the rest of this <laughs> so i was just like i moved on to two and like this one the two is about it's basically the same concept except for the cast of friends have decided to start their own band called the friends theory, which is joke on the Juliana theory. But, and like Brett Detar is one of the main characters you play as, and everyone hates Brett Detar because Brett Detar thinks he's the best, which I didn't understand because I didn't know anybody who really listened to the Juliana theory like that. Like, yeah, you have one friend, and that's usually somebody yeah. you meet in college, and then you can't <laughs> talk to was, them about it. I was, I was like, I was the one, I was the one friend that everyone that listened to the Juliana theory, like, <laughs> and it wasn't even for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's it's a really, it's a it's weird, like pissed off at Brett Detar for something, um, and the premise of the yeah, so you're you're basically going to stop the friends. And then you go on the Jenny Jones show, which is the Jenny Jones. Like who? Like I know this is thirteen years after this game came out, but even at the time, I don't remember Jenny Jones being a thing. No, like, I don't remember. I have no idea. I don't remember talk shows like in two thousand three. I don't remember talk shows. I, I I felt like they were kind of going away at the time. Like. When I was in, like, elementary school and middle school, yeah, they were still doing, like, Jerry Springer and all that, but it didn't feel... They weren't as, like, socially, pre like, prevalent. Like, at this time, I feel like there were a lot more reality shows. Like, that was a time of, like, Survivor and uh, American Idol and other stuff like that. Anyway, you go to the Ginny Jones show, and you have to rescue these teen hussies from drill sergeants yeah and that lets you unlock adam lazaro from taking back sunday because uh, <laughs> uh, I, I i know our next episode is getting into taking back sunday and i can't wait to just get into like a the the history of them and brand new and and all these things it's just so deep and to watch it be this in this band makes so in this game makes so little sense Right, yeah. Like, they, they... I know further in Emo Game 2, because I remember this, you go... 
like there's a part where you go with Adam Lazara to the fight between John Nolan and Jesse Lacey. I don't remember exactly what happens in it, but I remember like, uh, that scene. But I did not make it far enough in this game because I was just, I got to where you uh, speaking of reality shows, uh, you find Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah, and good God. You, it's it's they do the same scene in the South Park game. Yes, except for I don't remember who it was. Where you go inside her vagina, yeah, and then you then the teenage mutant turtles are there, and then you have to fight the teenage mutant turtles. And, and we have also got to find uh, parts of the Triforce. Yeah, uh, that was the was that the Alkaline Trio game? No, that's in two, I believe. I don't. It doesn't. No, this matters. You know, it might be uh, Alkaline Trio. There is uh, things are, are yeah. <laughs> There's so like this is this is sort of like the same shit I have a problem with now. Of uh, sorry, I'm burping. Of uh, bands, or not bands, but pop culture just being being homogenous. Yes, like it's like nothing has its own nothing has its ownness to it. Everything is just like uh, like even looking at the emo game, um, uh, the logo right here. There's there's Raphael, there's R two D two, there's Mr T, Darth Maul, Skeletor, <laughs> He Man. Yeah. Hulk Hogan, like it just it's like there's just a bunch of pop culture references piled on top of this game about emo bands that doesn't really have anything to do with the music. It's just like emo bands are sort of just like the the setting. Like it has nothing to do with emo bands. Like this the whole aesthetic to this doesn't doesn't feel like it feels like more like 80s punk, 70s punk where it's just like yeah, the system, yeah, man, yeah. Um, but it's not like none of this makes any sense. There's there's a note here from the creator of the game, uh, yeah, put up recently that I feel is important to read. Uh, from the creator, fifteen years later, I made the first emo game in two thousand two when both me and the internet were very young and immature. Off to a great start. Obviously, a lot of the cartoon sex humor does not pass today's smell test of appropriateness. I apologize for everything terrible in these games in that regard. Uh, so we have our first apology out of the way. That's good. Yeah. I also want to apologize for all the mean-spirited stuff written in these games about some pretty nice people, especially Chris Caraba, Brett Detar, and Newfound Glory. At the time, we were living in a buddyhead.com era, that's really good, in which everyone, yeah. including myself, was trying to prove how cool they were by hating certain bands. Let me make, let me make it clear. I was 100% listening to all these bands at the time and loving them. Give me a karaoke microphone to this day and watch me pogo as I gleefully belt out Hit or Miss by Newfound Glory. Back then, these people loomed so large to me that I couldn't imagine my words might be hurt. Today, playing this game is as painful and cringe-inducing to me as it was reading my high school poetry. I think a lot of us who were emo in the early 2000s can reflect on how ridiculously overly serious all of us were at this time. I'm not sure what we were trying to prove, that girls were evil for breaking our hearts or not dating us, or perhaps that our supposed superior taste in music made up for the fact we were often complete bummers to hang out with. Mostly, I think it was just being young, dumb, and insecure. In time, we all grow up and we're able to admit to ourselves that things aren't that bad and, and that the starting line is actually pretty awesome. Awesome. The starting line had one good album. <laughs> God damn it, Terrence. We're trying to do a redemptive arc here. You're fucking up the redemptive arc. <laughs> Finally, the last thing I want to say is that all these years later, that second album by the anniversary is still so disappointing. Emo for life, Jason. So kudos to him. And I, yeah. I think we'll probably send him this episode on Twitter since oh, you definitely. found him. Uh, like, Jason, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this 15 years ago. When I was shit, and you were shit, and right. we were all shit, uh, and right. it's really cool that we can all grow up 
and still appreciate some things. And it's it was nice. It's nice to see that uh, you grew too, because uh, right. you know no one has to anymore. <laughs> no, um, I went to BuddyHead.com, and it's just uh, the page is completely white. There's it's not like this uh, this website is parked or whatever, uh-huh. and it just says page okay. <laughs> and I. Is I don't it? think so. That's that's my least favorite <laughs> Radiohead album. <laughs> um, but yeah, the guy, the guy Jason Oda, uh, I went to look him up. I was like, I wonder what else he's done. He did that Perfect Strangers Flash game. Uh, <laughs> he's he's uh, he has a new game coming out. He did um, this game called it was, I think it's called like Continue Nine Eight Seven Six Five Four Three Two One. Oh yeah, I, I own that on Steam. Yeah, uh, he did that. Um, he did. He's done a bunch of like advertisement stuff. Jason, I've been uh, following your career. You're doing okay, right? Man. Yeah, Good for you. Like there's there's a lot of stuff that I'm saying. I was just like, oh, I I know what this stuff is. Uh, he did Skrillex Quest. Um, he has a game coming out soon called Coma uh, that looks pretty neat. Uh, he did a he did an eight bit pro- promotional Call of Duty game. Um, <laughs> He did something for the Chemical Brothers, and like it's. I think it's. I think it's neat that uh, that we went, we found this game again. It was awful, and then you sort of realize that the guy who made it grew up with the rest of us. Yeah. Um, because if I would if I would have went back and found out that he was like just a big asshole, like that would have been really upsetting. It's it's entirely possible that if he was four or five years older than me. That he just stayed there, like yeah, people people right. stop changing at a point, and so it's 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 even cooler that you were somebody of our age making this sort of thing, like the, you know, especially at a time where people were just getting their hands on Flash and figuring out how to do this shit. <laughs> yeah, um, and I would say the game is still like if you think about Flash at that time, the game's still pretty impressive uh, for what it was. But also, you don't ever have to touch this game again. Don't go. <laughs> Do not go and play this game. Jason uh, agrees. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> if, if the point of this podcast is to ask whether or not you should continue go back to the thing. Yeah. Jason, I think, will agree you don't. This isn't for yeah. anybody. It was very cute, though. And, and, and to its credit, like there are a couple of those bands like, I'm pretty sure this is the first time I heard about Bright Eyes. And I think right. that, that led me to, like, you introduced me to some stuff, and that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was thinking... If you were to make if you were to make a game, oh god! Uh, if you were going to make a, your own emo game, like now, what would it be? Because I have an idea, but I want to hear what, what do you think first? Probably, probably just a, a, a Taking Back Sunday brand new uh, fighting game, just a Street mm-hmm. Fighter. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I was thinking uh, remake Revolution X, uh-huh. like the Aerosmith uh, first. Which, uh, which the... we brought it up twice now. If you guys never played yeah. Revolution X in an arcade, uh, terrorists kidnap Aerosmith, and you've got to go shoot a fuck ton of people to save Aerosmith. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's fucking the insane. The new order, the new order nation <laughs> takes over, takes over the world. It's basically parents. Aerosmith. It's basically it's bar, it's the uh, Bush family. <laughs> basically, yeah. Um, I'm gonna see so. Aerosmith started in 1970, uh, according to Wikipedia. Uh, Revolution X, let's see, that came out. Revolution X came out 92? in 1994. Ah, close. <laughs> so 24 years after, like Aerosmith was like culturally relevant to like kids, <laughs> like before before it was like dad rock. Guess what's new and dangerous? It's finding out that pink's your favorite color. Am I right? <laughs> like. 
Revolution X is the least relevant game that has ever existed. <laughs> uh, because this was at a time when when games were like this oh this is for kids like this is obviously for kids and uh Aerosmith was like you know you know what's cool us your uh your dad's friends <laughs> uh i just i typed in Aerosmith into google and Aerosmith have begun recording a new song um which will probably be very bad um but I was thinking you could make a Revolution X game, but you could have you could like star these uh, sort of like the the emo bands of 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 our time, uh, just like the lead singers like banding together to stop some some big threat, but not make it not make it be so uh, so uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Edgy and bad and stupid. <laughs> make it like a yeah, that's the word for it. I think. Yeah, you could you could make it like a like hey these uh, a, a bunch of a bunch of people are being asshole. You could make it relevant, make a make it like Jesse Lacey shooting a CD player into a bunch of Nazis. Do that. Somebody make that game. <laughs> I play it. <sighs> so you want to end the show? Yeah, I think this was a good. Well. I- there, there, there is something that I, I, I uh, I've been playing. A, we we kind of got into what makes video games funny, uh, mm-hmm. and that's something that matters to us. I've been playing this game called Vostok, uh, which is a cookie clicker slash uh, bullet hell shooter in space. I heard about that. Yeah, it's it's a small dumb thing, and I just I I keep leaving it on in the background and cookie clicking away and shooting some things every once in a while. Uh, but there is, a, I loaded it up, and you have a character who's your assistant uh, in the game who just pops up and sometimes takes up a third of the screen uh, and just constantly rattles off just like, we're supposed to be jokes, but it's just like, uh, it's like South Park quotes, or it's quotes mm-hmm. from like the movie Wall Street, uh, or like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, just like these pop culture references, and I was losing my mind over it the first hour. I was like, who the fuck is this for? Uh, and then uh-huh. I had this sort of breakthrough moment that like, Oh, it's for me. It's of a white dude of specifically my age or a little younger uh, who just wants to hear step one, step two, step three profit like that. That I am the target audience for what this is. Uh, and I was like, oh, there's such a, a bullshit thing about like we've we've gone so far into like you're just expected to have jokes in your thing. And it, it actually gave me an appreciation for emo game that I was like, you know what? I'd rather have made something that is now like offensive and wrong. Uh, and has right. missed the boat and maybe had some serious errors, but wasn't like a we we were a, I was shitty about the the TRL thing in the game. But it's not just pointing and looking and saying here's TRL. Like this game has a lot of like dialogue and story and stuff. It's not just shooting things or fighting. Like, yeah, they, yeah. You know, this guy built something and there's a world in here, and that's why some of these things stuck for me. Uh, right. And I think that there's something to be said about that. That it's. It, it, it it goes a lot farther than just like point and recognize the thing. It is uh, right. It, it, he he built something, and that's why there's like five extra sequels and stuff, and and why this guy has a career doing stuff, and he clearly learned from doing it. And it's fun to watch somebody get better. Uh, yeah. As, so like there there is something to be said about like there's a lot of video games out there that try humor that don't get anywhere close yeah. to how good this Flash game that was kind of shitty did it in two thousand and two. Right. <laughs> Right. Um, I also want to bring up at the end of the first emo game, uh, you rescue the get up kids and everyone talks about like, what do they learn from this? And like, they sort of, he goes into like, 
like not worrying about like selling out and like just doing the thing you love and it was kind of like it was neat but it also felt like in defiance of the rest of the game where it's just like you could have not made all these terrible jokes and also arrived at the same point that you were trying to make at the end um i forgot to bring that up but i just wanted to, yeah it's it's a, <laughs> it's a thing um it's like that quote is like satire doesn't look any different if something something bad i don't know i don't know quotes i'll find it later. i don't know quotes. um <laughs> no i'm not good at i'm not good at words and remembering things um as always, you can find me, Terrence, at the Black Nerd on Twitter, and you can find Brock at Brock Wilbur on Twitter. Um, I might start a Twitter for the, the this thing, cool. this podcast. Uh, I was thinking starting a Twitter and like putting up uh, just like, hey, here's a song you can listen to today, something like that. Um, nice. And you can you can tweet us and tell us how uh, how how you like the show or whatever. Maybe I'll do that. Cool. Maybe I won't. We'll see. Either way. <laughs> um, as always, thank you for listening. And we are the coolest kids, and we take what we can get. Thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs>